Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Yes, today is a very special episode in that, and I believe I've done this once or twice before, I'm going to lie down and record. Really just sort of take it easy. Take it sleazy even, depending on some of the media I have consumed, which is what this podcast basically is, one in which I discuss the media I have consumed... Because you have not consumed some of this media yourself, I assume. In fact, in one case, I know you haven't. Because, you know, come on now. I made it myself, some of the media, I suppose. Uh, you know what? I got to get this mic better, closer to face. Eh. Eh. There, I think that's a bit better. Uh, yeah, uh, as I was saying, because you have not uh, uh, conceivably consumed all of this media yourself, I don't want to ruin it for you, and the possibility exists that I could spoil it, so I warn. A deep and dire warning? No. Because in terms of things that could go wrong in your life, having Field of Dreams, the movie, spoiled for you, probably not high on your list. I would assume. I would assume despite you're not supposed to i know but i'm going to and you can't stop me folks uh i have no idea what's going on so i'm just going to push this button that we'll get us started because i think this will be a shorter episode than normal if i had to guess but you know i'm often wrong about that sort of thing Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Corn. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first from 1989. Ah, pre 90s. Uh, I would have guessed 90s, but uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Field of Dreams. Yeah, decided on a uh, rewatch. Hadn't seen it in God knows how long. Uh, Satan also probably doesn't know how long. Uh, Iowa farmer Ray Kinsella played of course by none other than kevin costner uh is inspired by a voice he can't ignore to pursue a dream he can hardly believe supported by his wife yes very supportive wife uh i I feel like in this actual circumstance were to happen the wife would uh, uh, force the husband to get some sort of uh, 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 psychological evaluation uh, supported by his wife, Ray begins the quest by turning his ordinary cornfield into a place where dreams can come true. Uh, uh, the, the, the turning of cornfield is, if you are unfamiliar, somehow with Field of Dreams, which I suppose the fact that it came out in 1989 just by defam- defamation, defamation, 
Defamation. 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 That word that I've just made up may work its way into the title of this episode. I don't know yet. Uh, by defamation, um, oh fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Anyways, uh, he builds a baseball diamond in his cornfield because, of course, he does. Uh, yeah, this is a strange movie uh, upon rewatch, but you know what? I feel like uh, maybe around this time there was sort of movies of this nature. Like, uh, would this movie be made today? Do we get sort of weird premised movies like this? I suppose we do to some degree, but I also feel like uh, uh, people are going to take less chances on uh, uh, the premise of uh, 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 an Iowa farmer building a baseball diamond uh, in their cornfield in order to have the ghosts of long dead baseball players come and play in that baseball field, in that baseball diamond. Uh, that only uh, some people can see, uh, I guess people who, uh, uh, I don't really get the criteria. Basically, if you're an asshole, that seems to be the criteria, actually. If you're an asshole, you can't see these ghost players. But, uh, you know, if you're uh, uh, nice, perhaps young at heart, uh, maybe it's a believer, uh, then you can see them. Uh, also starring uh, uh, Mr. James Earl Jones. Which uh, is great just to have him in a movie and hear his voice. Because, you know, best voice in the business? Question mark? James Earl Jones? Uh, possibly. Uh, uh, we got Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe Jackson. Uh, uh, you know, other people. Other famous baseball players. And uh, it's a, definitely a feel-good sort of... Does it tread into religion? I, I, I guess it kind of ignores that a little bit, other than the fact that it's, you know, saying there is an afterlife. Uh, we never really find out who the voice is. Maybe it's the voice of God. Oh. Eh. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Field of Dreams, I think it's it's a good movie. It's an interesting movie, and if you haven't seen it, would I recommend it? This 1989 film from uh, in the year 2021. Would someone who hadn't seen it watch this and enjoy it Whew. why is that an interesting question uh i'm gonna say yes uh and i'm gonna give my rating of a, a very solid four out of five uh and, and you know what i'm curious uh you know what i, I attempt this from time to time uh, unsuccessfully i believe 100 percent of the time little audience participation if you in the year 2021 or beyond ooh, uh have not seen field of dreams and are listening to this and decide to watch it i want to know what you think w what what did you think of this uh, uh, uh somewhat strange uh when you uh, take a step back and look at a movie hmm uh strange as well movie the second yeah two of two uh, uh, uh this is the academy award winner i think for best picture uh, uh called my octopus teacher a filmmaker forges an unusual friendship with an octopus living in a south african kelp forest learning uh as the animal shares the mysteries of her world Oh, so uh, probably uh, uh, have heard of this, I suppose, if you pay attention to movies and uh, Oscars and whatever. Um, I certainly did, and uh, there's been years where I've tried to watch 
uh, every film nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I didn't do that this year. However, uh, this one was on my radar and had heard good things, which, you know, you don't always necessarily hear good things about the, the, the movie that wins Best best picture but uh, this one i had uh i think i mentioned maybe even last episode uh we had one of the missus's friends over for uh dinner first uh you know first guest in the house since uh lockdown so that was fun and uh she mentioned this uh and how much she enjoyed it so we watched it the next day and i uh, gotta say very very uh on board with the whole enjoyment of this as well uh, I think the combination of we watched it on a Sunday and uh, uh, one of our defaults of a Sunday viewing over the years has been things like Planet Earth or Blue Planet. Basically anything David Attenborough uh, uh, is involved in uh, just because that's the sort of perfect Sunday vibe. Uh, and my favorite episodes of those, uh, well, I guess Blue Planet, it's all underwater, but uh, any of the underwater ones, it's just that sort of zen vibe of, uh, you know, under the sea, things, you know, water flowing, we're, we're made of water, we, we lived in, in water in the womb, you know, that sort of deep down emotional connection to water that humans seem to have. Uh, so that on a Sunday really just sort of chills you out. Um, although there was some tense moments in this movie when the, uh, the, the titular, <laughs> the titular octopus, uh, the titular, that might be the title there because that's funny. How about the defamation of the titular octopus? Yeah, that's a stupid title and I like it. Um, yeah, where he's in trouble with these uh, pajama sharks, which is a shark uh, I've never heard of or possibly seen. It looked a little familiar. Uh, sharks that, you know, have stripes like pajamas because, you know, whatever. Um, uh, w which brings me to one of my... I don't know if it's a negative or just a point I wanted to say or what, but... Um, there's a thing in nature documentary sometimes, and I've never seen it so strongly as in this movie where the, 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 the cameraman, the filmmaker, the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the nature documentarian. Sure. There's whatever name you're going to use, um, has that sort of, uh, feeling thought, uh, um, it's not a mantra, uh, uh, philosophy yeah yeah that's the word i'm looking for has that sort of philosophy that uh, uh despite the fact that you're filming you should not interfere with nature uh so you know if, if it's a cute little bunny about to be mauled by a by a, a a dingo sure uh you shouldn't interfere you should let it happen that's nature nature is a, a often a, a violent and a bloody thing and we're not here to interfere we're here just to film um so this guy has that. However, it was sort of exemplified and felt stranger than ever uh, in the fact that seemingly it's almost as if he and this octopus had become uh, friends. Uh, an octopus, if you were unfamiliar, uh, and he sort of mentions this, has intelligence, you know, on par or quite often uh, uh, seemingly from what we see here uh, above with like a like a very smart dog or 
uh, yeah, like you, you could clearly see over the course of this movie how smart an octopus uh, can be, which is fascinating as well when you consider the fact that they only live like a couple of years. So, I mean, uh, I guess that'll vary species to species, but this particular octopus that he was interacting with only lives like three-ish years. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, fascinating, interesting. Uh, uh, my sort of thought about the, the non-interfering thing is why? Like, uh, uh, us as humans, just sort of as a species, has fucked up nature uh, to the point where we're basically doomed and uh, 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 <laughs> we're fucked. Yeah, we're, we're just plain fucked. Uh, uh, will any, can anything be done? Maybe. Will anything be done? No. There you go. That's my prediction. My <laughs> fucking really took a downturn and, uh, 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 yeah, shit got dark. Okay. Whatever. So we're fucked. Yes. Uh, so if that's the case, because we fucked up nature, why not every once in a while do just some little small thing when, when the shark is trying to, uh, uh kill your friend octopus, maybe interfere a little bit, maybe, you know, these sharks are scared of humans they're they're not that big they're maybe like a like a couple of feet long uh and, and scared of humans so he could just swim over there and be get get away from my friend i don't care if this is you know nature and it's often bloody uh, uh we as humans have fucked it up enough i'm gonna help my little octopus friend is my theory is my philosophy hmm uh rating wise jeez do i go five out of five i really did enjoy it um but I don't know if I would necessarily want to watch it again. So I'll go four for this as well. Hey, why not? Who cares? Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Eggs. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, we're talking Taskmaster as we have done... I don't know how many times before, but a number. Uh, we're talking Series 9. Ooh, interesting note on that. Uh, I've spoken of my uh, sort of confusion of the fact that uh, UK television programs are called uh, uh, series instead of seasons, uh, which is always sort of interesting to me because then I thought to myself, okay, well, if you call a season a series, what do you call a series? So I've been fortunate enough to uh, uh, play D&D &D with a bunch of UK folks and realize, wait a second, why don't I just ask one of them? So uh, the DM of one of the games I'm in, uh, in which I'm playing uh, tomorrow, actually, yeah tomorrow yeah tomorrow uh, i just asked him uh, okay so you know I, I laid it out in uh, canada u.s we call it a season you call it a series what do you call the show as a whole because we call that a series uh and he said we don't have a word for it we just call it the show so somewhat unsatisfying answer but it is an answer nonetheless so you know that's cool that's cool uh, Taskmaster season nine. Yes. Yeah, so what I think the YouTube channel has done or is doing, which is a uh, very, very smart is they're sort of jumping back and forth between, you know, current, uh, uh, uh I'm just going to call them seasons cause it's easier. Uh, current seasons of the show. Uh, and then, you know, uh, replay one that's uh, maybe a couple years old. So this is from 2019 
Oh yeah, good times. Yeah, uh, this this is a very 2019 before ship you know started really going downhill vibe. <sighs> uh, needless to say, awesome, awesome season. Uh, loved every contestant. Uh, um, uh, probably my favorite. You know, they're not going to hear this, so who cares? Uh, Rose Matafeo. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, I sort of walked away from this uh, series. Uh, as I believe I've done before with things like this, just like a lifelong fan of one of the contestants or all of the contestants really, because they were all great. Uh, we've got, uh, David Bedil, who, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him in other of my sort of UK viewing things. I think maybe I have. Yeah. Is he like, he's like a music composer, uh, comedian, novelist and presenter. Oh no. He was on a comedy sketch show. Okay. Why did I think he, he's something to do with music though? Isn't he? They hinted at the fact that he's a, a, a musically inclined quite often. What he is not is good at the show. <laughs> uh, it, to a delightful degree. And I believe, uh, d maybe on some level he does care that he uh, did maybe the worst of any contestants that I've ever seen on the show, just in terms of, Oh, maybe I should explain. Uh, Taskmaster. Uh, Taskmaster is a show uh, in which a group of comedians will uh, compete in uh, strange and wonderful uh, 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 tasks. Uh, hence the name. Uh, in order to get points, and then at the end, you win a prize that means nothing. Okay. It's basically just the purposes of getting a bunch of comedians together uh, to be funny for uh, uh, ten episodes. Uh, and it's a goddamn delight. And they're on uh, YouTube. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to Ed Gamble, who I had seen in, in, uh, things over the years. I was very, very funny. Uh, Katie Wicks, uh, had never seen before, but she's a delight. Uh, Joe Brandt, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I've loved her for many years and she is unlike any contestant of the show. I think there's a few times where it's sort of pointed out. <laughs> just how she differs sort of a, a very lackadaisical oh, there you go uh attitude just doesn't give a shit uh, uh will tell you repeatedly to you know fuck off she reminds me of some of my uh, uh older uh, aunt relatives uh on on the maywood side uh, <laughs> uh just sort of a, a really takes no shit from no one and uh a, a delight a delight uh in, in a sort of very uh She's got Moxie Kid sort of way. And then, of course, uh, Rose Matfeo, a New Zealander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealander. Uh, uh, quick, funny, uh, 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 seemingly had, uh, I think, of the contestants, she always seemed like she was having the most fun, which uh, really sort of came across. And uh, the season, uh, season nine, series nine, if you want to call it properly. Uh, highly recommend Taskmaster in general and uh, 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 the uh, 10th episode I won't give away the winner um, it wasn't David Patil, uh, uh, uh is available for your viewing pleasure on uh, Netflix now what button am I pushing next oh yeah this one Conan the Librarian don't you know the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Flies. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Okay, I'm uh, going to do something I haven't done in a while, which uh, I don't know why. Uh, it just sort of slipped off my radar, I feel like. Uh, occasionally, I would, and I'm going to, uh, read the backstory for a uh, D&D character that I am uh, playing. Uh, this one in particular is fun, probably in my sort of current favorite game. Uh, in fact, going to be playing in a couple of hours, uh, from my perspective. Uh, we are doing a, a, a Dungeon of the Mad Mage which I've been dying to do because I sort of, in terms of play, really enjoy the sort of exploration, dungeon crawly side of things. Uh, and that is basically very much what this uh, 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 campaign is focused on. So that's fun. Uh, me and uh, two other players, we decided to play three Grung brothers. Uh, Grung are like frog people. Uh, and our sort of backstory, well, we all have our each individual backstories, but we're, we've come together for the reason that on our home, uh, on our home world, uh, our people are being sort of, uh, uh overrun and, uh, uh, treated poorly by, oh, uh, Yonti. So, uh, we, we've decided to, uh, excuse me, head to this dungeon for the purposes of seeing if it would make sense to uh move our peoples from our home planets to uh to an area of this dungeon to sort of inhabit it uh so that's we're up ba we're basically on a survey mission which is a pretty <laughs> I, I can almost guarantee of people who have played dungeons of the mad mage um which you know thousands many thousands i would assume it's a very popular popular uh campaign none have ever done it from the point of view of a survey mission of grung brothers <laughs> uh one thing i'm doing as well which is uh has been fun is um i i have a list uh that uh, my character uh who we'll get into in a moment uh is keeping so every time he enters like a new main area of the dungeon every time he sort of meets a group of people he will rate them on a scale of one to five and then, you know, at the end of this mission, when we eventually, hopefully, uh, reach level 20, um, he'll sort of compile that list and see if it's, uh, you know, above 2.5, I guess. And then if it is, that means uh, let's fucking get our people and move in here. Uh, and if it's not, well, TBD. Uh, so far, I've got a, a 1, a 5, a 2.5, a 4.5, a 2, and a 1. I feel like because a lot of it is, you know, people trying to kill us, <laughs> that doesn't bode well. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Let me read the backstory of Michigan is the name of my character. Um, I spelt it uh, M-I-S-H-I-G-A-N, but it's based off of Michigan J. Frog, who is the uh, frog from Looney Tunes that sings, you know, that one. Um yeah, uh, the picture I uh, found is a sort of a, a, a older looking frog with a, well, he, uh, anyways, I don't have to get into that, what he looks like, but uh, he looks fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll give you his a, a, a class as well. So what I've decided to do is a 50-50 split uh, between a rogue and paladin. Uh, for paladin, what did I go why don't I just look at him? <laughs> just opening my character here. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Paladin, I went to Oath of the Sea. 
uh, Oath of the Open Sea, sorry, which is the same type of paladin that, uh, what's this nuts, uh, Travis played in uh, uh, Campaign 2 of uh, Critical Role. And then for Rogue, uh, I, I'm only, uh, so right now I'm three levels in Paladin and two levels in Rogue. So uh, next level, I'm going to take my third level in Rogue to take my subclass of Mastermind. So, uh, yeah, so, sort of an interesting mix, which uh, that's another thing. I wonder if that mix has ever been done before. Paladin Rogue. Paladin Rogue is uh, uh, rare in and itself, just because they don't necessarily go together. Uh, he's also a uh, whip uh, whip user, which has uh, been fun. Uh, a lot of, lot of tactical things available when you have a whip and you're a rogue. Uh, anyways, let me read his backstory. <coughs> Even among his kind, Michigan had an innate love of being underwater. The deeper, the better. While his peers would stay near the surface waters that had been warmed by the sun, he would constantly dive as deep as he could and spent hours just sitting in those murky depths, which is where he found Celestian, or rather where Celestian found him. A neutral god of wanderers combined with an innate love of balance called to Michigan, and he devoted his life to the pursuit of finding this balance. It was not always easy for such a small creature in such a big wide world, and he often had to use means frowned upon by the various laws of the land in order to eke out a living, but eventually he ended up aboard a ship, and it was here that his life really took shape. The Deep Sea Challenger was specifically built to seek, explore, and retrieve treasures that had been buried for who knows how long in the deepest parts of the oceans. At first, his crewmates were a little weary of Michigan, but in time, and an, and at a, his common improved, common is the language, he became a valued member of the crew, not surprisingly, as he could breathe underwater. It was during this time of his life that further balance was found. He developed a deep love and respect of the sea, an almost fanatical drive for the sport of fishing, and when eventually his crewmates respected and cared for him, uh, they taught him some decidedly shady techniques to keep him out of trouble. But on the other side of the coin, the oath he had taken to the open sea started to take a toll on his health. The cold and pressure of some of the depths was deadly. Even with protections in place, sometimes things just did not go as planned, and eventually he developed a nagging cough that just would not let up. There were remedies and teas and things that helped, but it never quite disappeared. Eventually, it reached a point where he knew he would have to give up this life at the sea, and it coincided with word from home. Information was spotty at best, but it sounded like the Grung had been haver, having ever-increasing difficulty with the Yonti. Michigan decided that perhaps these two realizations coinciding were Celestrian's way of telling him it was time to return home and help out. Hell, he had not seen his middle brother Unbar since he was a child, and he had never even met his younger brother Malik. Uh, yeah. So that is his backstory uh very much looking forward to play uh it's gonna be fun times hello, uh, oh shit hello everybody pushing last button now <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Ah. Friday, Friday, 
Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today, oh shit. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is hamburgers. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, item of the first is Bob Mortimer talking with Rob Bryden. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I've brought back uh, this before. Uh, Rob Bryden started what is, in essence, a podcast, a sort of short-form uh, a video podcast on his YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube channel is called Rob Bryden. Hey, makes sense. That's his name. Uh, he's had on a bunch of guests. Uh, and again, I feel like I must have brought some back before. If I haven't, shame on me. Shame on me. Because uh, I've watched all of them. Uh, they're all great sort of what's it, 15 minute little sit downs, little chats. Uh, I have a feeling he probably talks for a while and then uh, edits it down to the good parts, which, you know, that's a way of doing it. Uh, I, I feel like the inclination nowadays, which I actually like, is, uh, you know, record for an hour and post an hour. <laughs> uh, that's sort of what I like of podcasts. But, you know, uh, there's something to be said for this more polished uh, way of doing things as well. Uh, uh, this one I wanted to bring back in particular because it was a goddamn delight because the guest was Bob Mortimer. Bob Mortimer. Uh, someone who I have come to later in life, just in terms of my knowledge of him, uh, through the television show Would I Lie to You, of which Rob is the host, so that makes sense. Um, he's just a fascinating individual. Uh, it seemingly had a very uh, has led a very interesting life. Uh, somewhat recently, you know, in the past year or two, I think, uh, 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 had a heart attack, which. Uh, apparently nearly killed him. Like, uh, they spoke of it a bit in this, and it sounded like his doctor said, if, if you hadn't come in for this, uh, you probably would have been dead in, you know, a matter of days. So that's fucked up. And uh, I, I, I think going to give you a, uh, a different input, input, a different uh, way of looking at life in general, one would assume. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you just go on the way things have been. But uh, uh, he started life as a, uh, or he was a lawyer for a time. Uh, one thing in particular that came out uh, from this uh, interview that I very much enjoyed was the fact that apparently he is um, the favorite, the, the, the most requested guest of uh, Would I Lie to You, which is was so nice to hear because uh, seemingly he's a very, very nice individual as well. Uh, and the fact <laughs> it's kind of dumb, but it's sort of, he's my favorite guest. So when I hear that, you know, I'm not alone in my love of him, it's sort of a, a stupid, unneeded justification that despite that still feels kind of good. Uh, so, uh, I recommend you check out, would I lie to you? Obviously I've spoken of that a couple of times on here. Uh, a lot of episodes available on YouTube as well. And, uh, you know, check out this. Once you get going, and uh, you also, I assume, develop a love of Bob Mortimer, like I do. Bob Mortimer, that name, too. Uh, moving on to the second of two items. Yeah, a short little internet intercourse. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't resist, uh, because it's Nardwar versus Neil Hamburger. Nardwar and Neil Hamburger. Can you imagine? If you don't know who Nardwar is, if you don't know who Neil Hamburger is, this will not make sense. If you know who these two people are, Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> uh, insane. And it was a delight. And you know what I'm going to do? Uh, which, I don't know if I've done this before. Yeah, I probably have. I'm not going to say anything about it. I want you 
to go to YouTube, uh, uh, type in Nardwar versus Neil Hamburger. Yes, that's a fucking sentence somehow. Uh, and watch it for yourself because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? This is a, a, a sort of a if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Folks, we did it. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.